Hello, welcome to the Nintendo Bros podcast. Uh, I'm Pete. I'm Derek. And I'm Mike. Yes, this week we have a special guest, Mike. Um, a newcomer. A, a newcomer. He's a good, good old friend of mine, and actually. It's a big, big, uh, big moment for us because the fact that we have three people on the podcast means we have more people on the podcast than we have listeners. Incredible. <laughs> uh, Mike, how, how are you today? Why don't you tell us a little bit about your, yourself and your gaming, gaming side? Oh, uh, I mean, we're pretty familiar here. We used to run a cute little YouTube show called It's Super Effective for a while where we talked about video game facts. And uh, I mean, generally... Actually, Pete, you have done a lot to my gaming career, which is a weird thing to think about. But I really honestly believe if it wasn't for you, like, nudging me into buying a Wii. Actually, side note, Peter's had me basically buy every Nintendo console since the Wii. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a true fan. And I've only, bought, I've only bought these things because of him. Why did I be, buy a DSL? What was it? DSL? New, new, new uh, 3DS? New Excel? 3DS Excel. Yeah. <laughs> Just for the nub, because what was, and I quote, I just don't want to have to play, I just don't want to have to play Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask on a jank console. I want to play it with the best experience. It's like, all it gave me was a nub. I traded in my perfectly fine DSI, DSXL, whatever the hell it was, just for that nub. It's incredible. New 3DS was great. Okay. Yeah, new 3D. Was it? Yeah. But hey, you know, we've got a lot to talk about today, guys. So let's just, uh, let's jump into it here. All right. Uh, for one, as you know, some of you may know, uh, Pac-Man '99 came out just the other week, and this is a Pac-Man Battle Royale style. It's kind of the third one Nintendo has done uh, for their ex- for their Nintendo Online exclusives. Um, have you guys t- tried this out? I mean, have you guys tried Pac-Man '99? Yeah, I played a bit of it and uh, Tetris '99. Uh, both because I mean, you told me to play these '99 games. I have actually <laughs> not. I haven't really played these '99 <laughs> games besides for you telling me. I didn't okay. actually play the Mario 35 game or whatever at all. Real, real fan. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I thought it was fun. I played for it for maybe like, you know, 12 minutes or 15 minutes for both games. I just am not a big Pac-Man fan or a Tetris. And like, you know, it's only so fun when you lose in the first three minutes and just start again and again and again. I, you know, I'm never going to be the top 50 even. So it doesn't really grab wow. my attention. Well, what about you, Mike? Because I know you you love Tetris. So yeah, I I definitely gave my ha- gave my hand at Tetris ninety nine. I loved playing it. Like I like the idea. I like the absurdity of seeing the equivalent of a hundred Tetris screens at the same time. To me, that's like it tickles this area of my brain. That's just like this is so utterly ridiculous. Um, and I love the idea. Like last person standing. It was such a good switch. And I think you. I don't know if you coined this term, Pete, but I like that you call them like retro battle royales. I like yeah. that idea all around. However, uh, I mean, I've happily let my Nintendo online subscription disappear. I think I I haven't upped it since for probably over a year. Only two dollars a month. Yeah, two dollars <laughs> a month. Yeah, for <laughs> what? Peter just advertises <laughs> Nintendo yeah. product. Um, oh, I, oh! You, no other human being did, did, likes so ne- Nintendo did, more. Did neither of you guys get a chance to play Super Mario Bros. Thirty-five? Because I mean, it was only Again, a limited time. I don't. I played Super Mario myself so many times, and I watched streams of it. Like I watched uh, a streamer play it, but I didn't really care to play it myself. Because I mean, I got to say, Super Mario Bros. Thirty-five was a fun time. I I, I love the idea of playing these kind of old games, but feeling like I'm playing with and against kind of like you know a hundred people from around the world at the same time. It's it's this, I don't know, it's this weird feeling like, imagine we could transport ourselves from the 80s to now, 
and see you know and see where where things have gone uh, that's the uh, that's the plot from 13 sentinels uh Angus rim so uh we can always talk about that as well oh did you play uh, that game I really want I'm to play that I'm still in the middle of it. It's great. I have I to. Wanna, I, I, I don't. Not a big fan of these. Like, uh, I didn't like Persona Five. We'll get to that later. But uh, we'll, we'll talk oh, about that later. But I, you know, so I made a couple of notes here based on my my experience with Pac Man '99. Uh, for one, um, there's this giant legal agreement and privacy policy you have to agree to before playing. Um, and I've seen yeah. this in a, I've seen this in a couple. That's how you know games it's going to be a good game. But but it's like I, it's in a couple of games now, and even you know Bethesda does it with their with their games. You have to like sign in. What you have to make a login to to play. And I'm oh yeah, just I to just, play like, Doom, which what, is so what, funny. What what is this? I mean, like I I mean, how come I have to sign a user agreement, a 15 page user agreement to play a game now, and I never had to do that, you know, for the last 25 years? Like I don't I know. Mean, I think most companies now, I think if I'm thinking about Ubisoft and EA and uh, Bethesda, they all have like their own accounts. So, I, I mean, I agree with the whole licensing, you know, have to sign that 15 page agreement. But I think it's just to get into an account because they all want to have you. Your data. On, uh, yeah, to data collection, really. That's the name of the game for every company, right? The more data they have on someone, the better they can sell you. You know, sell you side games. note here, I had to reformat my computer and I'm just giving in. I'm giving everyone my data now. I'm saying, yeah, you can use my data. You can check on it whatever i don't care do it <laughs> um, i mean i think i honestly think now's the best time to give up your data because real data privacy laws are coming in it's like the last 10 years of data collection are so like the wild west i feel like there's that uh that layer of i have no idea what happened to the data breaches from like Equifax or the data breaches from these other company. Yeah, that's right. And like, and like, who's accountable? No one. Like a bunch of people were grumpy about it. But like, I think from now on, even if you give away your data, I think more people are interested in making sure your uh, your your privacy is secure. So. Well, if it makes our games better, then I'm okay with Nintendo having my data. All right. Yeah, Nintendo. Um, but like, I mean, Bethesda. Like, I, I mean, technically, hey, I why love am I signing into? Oh yeah, me too. I think. Okay. Great. You mean Microsoft? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say like you already. I already have a Game Pass account, right? So like, why am I signing into anything at all? Yeah, totally. Um, well, anyways, the, the other thing I noticed back to Pac Man ninety nine um, mm. was I was playing on my Pro controller, and this game is absolutely unplayable with the Pro controller's D pad. Uh, I don't know if you experienced this, Derek. Um, I, I did. I felt the same way. I couldn't. I, I couldn't navigate the corners very it, well. It's absolutely unplayable. Like I had to go to the settings and switch to the analog stick, which kind of brings me to a tangent um i've noticed that this generation i'm kind of given up on d-pad gaming and i've kind of gotten used to using the analog stick for all 2d games um just because the d-pads across the board seem pretty weak and i'm to be honest i don't really have a problem with it like i'm okay playing i got used to smash bros i got used to hollow knight all these uh, indie games i'm playing entirely with the analog stick i mean what, wait, what do you guys wait, say you, about that you ever played smash bros without an analog stick Oh, no, I just mean that was the game, I guess, that got me used to the idea of playing a 2D somewhat side-scroller with an okay. analog stick. So I'm, I guess I used, I'm just so, I used so to play accustomed Smash to that with a D-pad. I did, when, when it was uh, Smash Brothers uh, Brawl. On the Wii. Uh, you played with the Wii Yeah, remote. on the Wii, yeah. I, I played with the Wii remote sideways. It was wacky. You were, you were pretty fun. good that way, I gotta say. I agree, right. with, uh, I agree with you, Peter, for the most part. I, I play the uh, the analog stick. The one game that I really can't probably ever do that is any Metroid game. Like, I remember playing the um, mm. Samus 2. It feels weird to play with the analog stick. Like, you, I want to play with the, the D 3DS, you mean? The Samus Returns? Yeah. Oh, I have yeah. no problem with the, the analog nub, or whatever you call I, it. To me, just, that's not what, how I want to... I've always played the 2D Metroids with a, a D-pad, so it just feels weird to me. 
Well, I thought about. Did you guys ever those, play um, the uh, fan-made Another Metroid Two remake? The AM AM Two R. Yeah. No, but it looked great. It's quite good. I I played it just before I played the official release, and I think I think in many regards it has a lot of ideas that I wish were ported over. Um, there is like a quality, like the quality is so tight and like their, their ideas for additional enemy designs is really hardcore. So I definitely recommend it. Well, they also, also just, uh, oh, are you going to talk about this, Derek? The Metroid Prime 2D? Yeah, I was going to say the Metroid Prime 2D uh, looks really cool. Looks, I was just about to say the uh, same thing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let's, uh, here, I got but a that, little. That'll, that'll get cease and desist. Yeah, the, I mean, Nintendo's yeah. Nintendo's largest, already, right? Yeah, the yeah. Nintendo Ninjas. He's, he's already in jail. Uh <laughs> Hey guys, I have a little Nintendo joke here for you. Uh, oh great! What was the most villainous thing Wario has ever done? Scammed the ten people into buying Game and Wario on Wii U. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> Sorry, I, I actually saw that joke online and I laughed. Um, great. Anyways, let's get into some let's get into some modern news. Okay. Slow clap. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Th- thanks for the support, guys. Tough crowd here. Let's get into some news here. So today, uh, Nintendo had their Indie World Showcase. Uh, they used to call it Nindies, which I thought was a cool name. I guess they've given up on that name. Um, so did you guys watch this? Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, I did live. Yep. So, um, I, uh, Mike, I watched it afterwards on, on Fast Forward, mostly. Well, Mike, why don't you start us off? Was there anything that stood out to you? Anything you're excited about or piqued your interest? What was your impressions? I mean... Let me just crack open my uh, my podcast notes here. Because I mean, yeah, I know so, I know Fez would be big for you, right? Oh yeah, right at the bottom. So good. It's like so phenomenal. Nine um, years later. Oh yeah. I mean, you know what though? You know what though? You the, didn't like Fez? Oh, I love Fez. Fez is oh. one of the best games ever made. Um, I the thing that's funny, it's sad to me is this is like a small, tiny tangent uh, about Fez, but when it came out on like on Xbox 360, uh, I unlocked its avatar and because um phil fish was so uh, like anti-microsoft after the whole experience he vowed that, like it would never come out for any other microsoft console but my avatar is still valid but because of the time like with t- like pixel density and size it's like so much of a smaller avatar than what would be tr- what would be like normal now so when i open up my xbox it will like load up my profile, but inside of that circle is this tiny little square with this tiny little pixelated fez. <laughs> like, and like, it'll always be that way. I hope for the rest of my life, but I'll never be able to make it any larger because, like, legal. Anyway, I think that's. Funny. Are you gonna buy um, Fez on on the Switch? I actually own four copies of Fez already, oh so God. probably not. Yeah, because I bought it on Steam. I bought it on. Um, I bought it on Steam. I bought it on uh, Xbox, and I bought it on. I bought it for two other friends. I just did like you, love Fast. I think it's. Brilliant. Did you 100 percent that game? Because there's like QR codes and like websites and stuff in that game. Yeah, so I can't suggest that I 100 percented it. I definitely had to use a guide for some areas, but Fez still holds a spot in my brain um, for being one of the only games that has like delighted me by without me fig- like. I figured it out on my own in some areas where I was just like, "Oh my god!" We gotta talk brilliant. puzzle games later. I have so many puzzle games. Well, cor- I correct me like. if I'm wrong, but isn't that isn't Fez made by entirely one person? Uh, t- I think it's I think it's ch- a couple of guys, but it was led by Phil Fish. Yeah, yeah, who's a little controversial, but uh, you know he's French. You're, you might also be thinking of the game Braid to Peter. Okay, maybe. Um, yeah. Well, anyways, anything else stand out to you, Mike? Or are you just such a Scrooge? Uh, you don't care. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's, a, there's actually there's a couple. Uh, so I saw Ollie Ollie, great. I, I'm like always. Ollie Ollie World. The, did you play yeah, Ollie Ollie One and Two? I played the first one. It was fun, but I just like let it go. I, I find runners not super engaging. I just think they're fun to play occasionally. Um, the game that I was most intrigued by, though, like you know, there was. Skull is kind of cool looking. I think I've seen some trailers for it before. Uh, Chris Dales has like a cool, interesting look to it, though I don't think I'd ever play it. Um, I thought the Ninja Turtles game, I figure everyone will talk yeah. about this. We'll talk about it later. I think it looks fantastic. Animations are great. I'm just not a beat-em-up guy. Um, however, there is no game. Looks awesome. I love WarriorWare. I like the idea that there's like some weird narrative-driven mini-game block of series of tiny games that look well, like they're sorry, that, that, You're talking that. about not another... Not no, another, there, there is no game. There is yeah, no yeah. Okay, sorry. I, I got lost with the name of the game because the name of the game is so weird. Um, yeah, there is no game. I don't, exactly. You know what? The last time I saw a game like that that tried to mix it up was that game where you could... Remember that game? I don't remember what it was called where you could make your own game by like selecting two different properties and it looked really cool, but I don't know. I just, I guess I don't trust... I guess I don't trust indie developers to make like a game with so many different physics and, and gameplay styles. I, I just think it'll probably not be good, but... I don't know. I mean, I'll give it a shot. I think there, there's an entire, I feel like the genre of like tiny little fun games has kind of all but disappeared and gone away. So I think this is a good opportunity to try something new in that space. Even if it sucks, it looks great. True. Um, okay. What did you think, Derek? Any standouts for you? Yeah, I think, I mean, think, you know, very similar to, uh, to Mike, but my number one standout was probably Skull. That game looked awesome. Mm. Yeah, uh, it just looks really fun. Looks like fast paced. Uh, it, it reminds me of Dead, Dead Cells, the graphic style. Yeah, exactly. It, it's a roguelite too, so it just looks like a lot of fun. Uh, I agree with Chris Tales. It looks really, really cool art style, but I don't really know if that's something I'll play. Um, the game that really interests me the most that really I, I will probably never play it or buy it, but it looks really interesting is The Longing, the game where you have 400 days. Oh, 400 I was going to mention yeah. that. Um, I, I just don't, it's like, it's it's out now. It came out today. And it's just one of those games where it's like, well, I almost want to buy it just to see what the game is. But I don't really think I'd like the game. Well, I mean, it, lo- it looks like the game takes pride in being boring. I know, I mean, but that's what I mean. Real it's like, time, 400 I, I just, days? I, I just, well, they said you can beat the game without actually going through 400 days. Well, what, happens just, at the, what happens at the end of 400 days? It's like, does no one know for a, for a year and change? Like, <laughs> Or is there a way you can shorten the time or, you know, you, you kill yourself at the end of the game before the time runs out, go insane? Wouldn't it be interesting that you, like, every time you have to start from zero? So it's like, it's that, you know that classic thing where, like, friends will say... Oh, I'm so good at this game. Like, I'll never die, even if I've never played it before. Like, and so you like hand a controller, and then everybody's a little bit nervous and concerned. It'd be so funny if you die, resets to zero, and like we have the hope is to wait a minute. You're like that one more day left. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like we hope somebody perfects it all the way to day 400 just to find out. It's like it's like someone has one day left. Nightmare. And then their friend's (laughs) like, "Let me play," and then they they just die right away, and you're like, "No." Yeah, that's that's when you know that there's like a. Like plants, people that are like going around. Oh, I am your friend. Pass me the controller. They just like ruin their game save. Just, I mean, truthfully, I, I thought the game looked really boring. Like it, the movement looks slow. It looks oh yeah, like everything on looked, crystals. It, it looks it looks awful. Yeah, but um, but to me, it, it, that's what I mean. I would never buy it or play it, but it looks interesting. Like I'm I'm kind of looking at it and saying, I, I want to watch someone else play it. Almost, you know. I, I love the idea that you know no one knows what happened. Like may, if there's like events that trigger on day two hundred, and no one knows what happens until that day. Uh, that be that would be really cool. 
Um, mm-hmm. No way to time travel mm-hmm. and all that. It could, it could, it's a neat concept. Um, did anything else stand out for you, Derek? Or is yeah, that... so I mean, Teenage Ninja Turtles. We'll talk about that. But another game that looked really cool, and I, I want to see more about and uh, see more gameplay of, is Aztec uh, Forgotten God. Yeah. I think it was called. Oh yeah, that game honestly kind of blew me away. It's you know, 3D looks kind of open worldish. The gameplay looks fun and fast. It has a cool art style, uh, kind of a cool idea. I like the characters and the models. So, I mean, that's a game that is kind of on my radar. Um, so, yeah. The other games at the beginning, Road 96 and Last Stop, those kind of story games didn't really interest those me. Those don't do much for me, personally. Yeah. Actually, I was just going to make that. I made a little comment here, which is like, Road 96 is not the only hitchhiking procedurally generated game to be launched. I think this year. I think there's a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, is this a trend? Is this like hitchhiking games becomes like the new like the new roguelike? It's like, oh yes, narrative driven stories while you're traveling by hitchhiking. It's just <laughs> well, so bizarre. There was one me. moment in that game in the trailer where like they were shooting a, a gun off the back of a truck, and I'm like, whoa! Like there's actually oh, yeah. different gameplay styles. But I guess I always go back to that kind of feeling of like, you know, how can an indie team master? All these different games. <laughs> out. So, so it's gonna, it's gonna uh, falter. Hey guys, you guys want to talk about some indie games? Because like they're gonna be shit. You know what I'm saying? Because like they're not AAA well, developers. Yeah, let me talk. You know okay. I mean? For one, uh, I thought <laughs> uh, you guys haven't mentioned one that I thought looked cool, which was the House of the Dead 2 remake. Um, <laughs> I, I I totally skipped by that. I know it was in the it was, I, in, the, it was in the. I didn't even put that on my list. It was in the sizzle trailer, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I've just wanted light gun shooters back since the Wii, and uh, they're just such a fun pick up and play game to play with people. And I love the House of the Dead series, so I'm excited to give that a look. I mean, it didn't look that good, but um, hopefully it's discount priced. Um, <laughs> I, st- other... I still prefer Type of the Dead. That's the better one. <laughs> yes, but I mean, if the keyboard add on, you know. Um, yeah, that's, how I, amazing that'd be the switch keyboard add-on i gotta say so <laughs> yeah seriously 79.99 um i gotta yeah. say i agree with both of you teenage mutant ninja turtles shredder's revenge i mean i know you maybe you derek i know you're excited i don't know about you, you're not as excited mike but to me i think it looked amazing oh that's um yeah day one i haven't uh, day oh, yeah, one i i haven't wanted like to me this looks like the best ninja turtle game since turtles in time on the super nintendo and Agreed. it looks like they've really played, paid homage to it. And if you look at the details in the background, there's lots of stuff. Like, they're at the Channel 6 News Studio. There's Bebop and Rocksteady. Like, it's there's a lot of true Ninja Turtle fandom there. Not to mention... Well, the, I like when they the, uh, they go into the office building and they sort of fight. And, like, a and, bunch and of, the, like, the foot they're on the computers. Are, like, <laughs> typing on the computer and they take off their ties. Like, yeah. that to me is, like, really, a cute little <laughs> detail. It's like, what do the foot soldiers do on their, uh, on their downtime? It's like, well, we have taxes, so... Use Facebook. Uh, but I don't know. There's the, something just even the combat looked just crunchy and well animated. It didn't. I mean, yeah. it, it. I mean, it's a day one. And to be honest, I was thinking about it. It's probably my most excited for announced Switch game all year uh, at this point. Oh my god! But I mean, that just is a testament to how few announcements there are. I mean, I, I mean, it, what what outshines it for you? I mean, Pokemon Snap probably. Uh, oh, honestly, honestly, out of that direct, I think Skull was my number one most wanted game. Really? Yeah, Skull. To me, Skull is also day one. As long as it, you know, it doesn't let down, it just looks so crazy and fun. It does look cool. Yeah. Um. You know what I thought was funny was, you know, I don't know if you were looking at the YouTube comments. I, I was watching it live. There's obviously one game that <laughs> <laughs> there's obviously one game that everybody uh, wants, and I think that's Silk Song. 
And oh, yeah. the yeah. comments were literally like, where's Silk Song? Where's Silk Song? Can't wait to see Silk Song. And, you know, they, at the end they go, hey, you know, this is the scissor reel. This is the end. They go, oh, wait, we made a mistake. There's one more thing. And I was like rubbing my hands together. I was like, time, <laughs> time for Silk Song. And then it was, it's some gamer you like walk around and control a radio or something. I, I it didn't. It's it's Oxen Free Two, and I think Oxen Free One was a really big game. I mean, it, it doesn't look bad. I'm sure there's an audience, but it's just kind of like, is this really the like, one more thing worthy? I, I don't know. I think I I mean again, I think Oxen Free One was a, a really big game. So I think to, to see a sequel is is kind of big. Is, is it exclusive? I wasn't sure. I don't know about exclusive, and I don't. I never played the first one either. I just know the name Oxenfree is like a game a lot of people recommend all over the internet. Okay, well maybe I'll maybe I'll give it a go. I mean, I sometimes I buy indie games that I would have never expected to buy. So who knows, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they could never be as incredible as a AAA title with their ability to <laughs> build and design great game <laughs> multiple gameplay. Yeah, multiple like, game know, styles. I, I like I like to give them the I like to give them a little bit of money as a show of credit for. <laughs> You know what, I, the future. I, I probably have more indie Switch games than both you guys combined. Yeah, but that's because yeah, you probably. only play a, a Nintendo Switch. Yeah, you only I, play Nintendo Switch. Oftentimes I just <laughs> buy them so that they know that Nintendo fans support the third parties, so that third parties yeah. continue to support Switch. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but, you know, I, I guess for a lot of these games, I, I take a very wait-and-see approach. Like a game like Skull, it <laughs> could be amazing. It could be something I'm like, oh my god, i, I got to get this. This is the big... Like Hades. I never had Hades on my radar until I heard the buzz, and then I jumped on. I mean, bandwagon jumper. Um, and same with that game Aztec, Derek. Like, I thought that looked really cool, but I kind of... Yeah, I want to see more of that, yeah. It's a wait and see for a lot of these things. So uh, the only game I know I'm going to buy is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Um, what did you think of that game? Uh, we didn't talk about it yet. Getsu Fumiden. Oh, uh, is that, yeah. That's the Konami game, right? Uh, I can't remember. It's another roguelite. It just looked... It, looks, it you, almost looks like Dead Cells. Did you know that that's actually a sequel to a game from the 80s? I like, did not it's know It's like that. this random uh, deep cut Konami game that's like, it's like, whoa, like they haven't released a game of stew. What, what's it called again, Derek? Getsu Fumiden. Uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce that, but um, it's it's a throwback to like a 19, I believe like an 80s NES uh, slash Famicom game. And people are like, whoa, like they brought this back, you know? Um I, I didn't like it to be honest. I watched the trailer twice, and uh, I just don't like how when you attack enemies, like a giant, I guess Japanese hieroglyphic, like covers up the, the fight, like the fight. I just, I don't love games that numbers and and text pop up all over the screen. So I, I don't know. It was an instant turnoff. Yeah. Uh, what about you? I mean, are you interested? I mean, I thought it looked cool. Again, I'm not a big fan of roguelites in general. Like I think Skull. Even though it's a roguelite, I, I jump on because it, I think it looks really good. It looks fun. It looks kind of crazy and zany the way I, I want to play one. Getsu Fumiden, again, my issue is more that I didn't think it looked that smooth of a gameplay. It looked a little bit mm-hmm. uh, static or the frame rate wasn't quite as smooth as I'd want it to be. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'd have to see more in that one. I mean, it's more likely that, you know, with the long list of indie games that I want to play, it's probably never going to make, you know, get above the line to actually be purchased. But I don't think it's going to be terrible or anything like that. Very true. And, uh, okay, well, I mean, the last thing I guess we'll talk about the indies here, because indies are very big uh, on Switch, is, you know, I'm going to loop back to Silk Song here. We haven't seen Silk Song in a long time. I know probably all three of us are going to buy it. What, what do you think? Like, why do you think it's been, they've been so quiet? Team Cherry has been so quiet. Like, uh, I know it was originally planned as DLC, and now it's going to get its own individual release. I, I, I take it that they're going to be, the next time we see it, it's there's got to be something that, 
big and exciting and new. Like maybe there's a like a co-op, or maybe there's a like completely new style of, of gameplay. Like you know, you can fly or something. I don't know. What do you, any any thoughts on that, Mike? Mike, how about you go? I think uh, I honestly just think the kind of game that they're building just takes a lot of trial and error and a lot of nuance. Like the thing that sets, um, I think that sets their all of their games apart in general is like Hollow Knight is just so tight and it's a tight in a way that, you know, like there aren't a lot of games that feel that good. And we've had this conversation previous and I'd be curious in your thoughts here, Derek, which is like when, when beating the first boss in Hollow Knight, there's that beautiful moment. Like I think I had like one hit point left and he like goes down. I felt like the perfect amount of like skill Versus like the right amount of tension. Not it, it wasn't like a, a bullet sponge like most bosses are. It didn't take me forty five minutes like lots of like RPGs would suggest. It was just like I felt while I was playing, I was in the moment, and it was just like really nice to beat and defeat a boss and be like, "Damn, okay, great, that was wonderful." And like that is such a tricky nuance. And even in their like their level exploration and all these things, like they test. From my understanding, they it's just like the couple of guys, right? So it's two of them. Uh, it's three team cherry was three guys i think they might have yeah. expanded but there was three for the first game yeah and and the thing is like they in a couple of interviews they did with like mark brown from game makers toolkit they talked off a, a lot about um the amount of time they put into understanding like the amount of frames that go into a particular jump or movement or whatever the case is and because you're playing as a completely separate character in this case i think they're probably going to take a lot of that give a lot of that time and attention to that too and that takes a lot longer than expected so i mean if you think about if you think about most indies they often produce one two or three games unless they grow exponentially um and then they try to keep like either re-releasing them and tightening them up it's almost like capcom and like when they were like producing street fighters you could you know every street fighter was like a little bit tighter until they got to the full like upgraded version of like or yacht club and and uh shovel Shovel Knight. knight Or even like Stardew Valley and all of its updates. You got it, a hundred percent. Yeah, Stardew Valley is the most beautiful example because, like, I mean, there's a handful of indie games right now trying to take sort of the Stardew uh, Stardew Crown. I think um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a semi 3D, almost like 3D Pokemon style, like Harvest Moon simulator, right? Like, not my style. I think it's Story but, of like, Seasons. Story of Seasons, that, right? No, no, no. It's it's like a it's new ish. Like it hasn't been released yet. Okay. Um, uh, it has has a lot to do with like you know building a farm and then going underwater and deep sea diving with mermaids. Oh. But the point is overall, like <laughs> I think the I think the overall piece is that I think a lot of these devs stick with one because the amount of time and effort it takes to build a brand new game, even if it's on the back of another game they've already worked on. So it's well, tough. But, but absolutely, I mean, uh, I mean, if you look at something like Stardew, they basically took the Harvest Moon formula and went so far beyond it that Natsume. Uh, it hasn't been able to catch up and it's like 100%. no no one else can really do it and i mean even i even wonder with something like hollow knight um which which i would argue is one of the very few tentative 10s uh on switch um can other metroidvanias top it can even nintendo themselves uh with their metroid top it i i don't know you know um so it's like if you get these kind of a few passionate game designers who have spent the, like their whole lives kind of planning for their first big game, and they've kind of they're fans of the series. It's a, a pro- probably a much different development culture than you know a massive studio of people just wanting a paycheck. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think 
Hollow Knight is probably one of the best games. In my opinion, it's one of the best games ever. It's on my game of all time list. Yep. And uh, I don't know if you know other companies will ever be able to do exactly what they did. Not just because of the uh, the gameplay, for example, which I agree with uh, Mike. It's very tight. Like talking about the first boss, like it, mm-hmm. it just works so well. It, it has that perfect balance of being too hard, but not you know not punishing and all those kinds of things. Um, but also the art style and the lore. Like people, if you go on a Reddit, Reddit, like the lore in this game, if you really look into it, is really, really deep. And the art style is amazing. It's like these hand-drawn, beautiful world full of bugs. Um, and just about, you know, when we expect Hollow Knight to come out, I actually, am, I'm a huge Hollow Knight fan. So I actually do follow like what they say. And I check, you know, every couple of weeks, I Google if there's an update. And I, and I just found it now, about a year ago, uh, they updated saying, um, you know, we instead of making Silkson an expansion, now that it's actually a brand new game, um, this bigger scope is it's difficult because they're having a lot of trouble with their um, their like development um, system. Like their 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 AI system wasn't working properly for how big this game was now. So they had to like re-go, redo everything. And now with COVID-19, they couldn't use their office. So they said, um, don't expect release until at least late 2021, if not later. So I don't even, I mean... It could be a, quite a while. So I, maybe we won't even see it at E3. Yeah, but again, the other thing is Hollow Knight is such a big game where mm-hmm. I don't know if a Nintendo Direct is even big enough for it anymore. Like I, I could see it being one of the big games that shown at E3. Well, I, I also wonder if is... I know Silk Song was shown at and Nintendo's E3. Was it, la, was it not in 2020, but 2019? I don't wonder if Nintendo has an exclusive uh, premiere of that like they did with... The first, I mean, at least the console exclusive release. Uh, I, I don't wonder if they've also, you know, maybe paid some money to get Silk Song as a Switch exclusive, at least, at least for the first year or so. Well, I think I think most of their sales are on the Switch, so I'm sure there was some kind of negotiation going on there. Because I, I, again, that game sold really well, like several million. So yeah. I mean, the yeah. funny the funny thing is, I was thinking about the other day is like, you know, Silk Song might be an indie, but. I think it's much bigger than an indie. Like I was thinking about, are they going to sell it for fifteen dollars? Because they they really could just charge full price. They could they could release it on a a boxed retail game, and certainly they're not going to shadow drop it. You know, it's going to be a massive release. So I just, I yeah, I think the game's going to be bigger than the first game, better than the first game, and I think it'll probably have like a thirty nine ninety nine Canadian price tag. Yeah, a little more money. Um, yeah. Anyways, that's a good segue <laughs> into. E3, so uh, E3 2021 is happening. It's going to be a digital event, and they made an announcement the other day. It's going to happen on June 12th to 15th, and it's going to feature content from Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take-Two Interactive, Warner Bros. Games, and Coke Media. Not Sony. Uh, And also, just as a side note, Bethesda wasn't mentioned, but they are going to be featured during Xbox's uh, press conference or showcase. Obviously. Um, Now, um, Mike, what do you think? Like, what are you excited to see? I mean, let's let's focus in on Nintendo a little bit, but also uh, all the games. Like, what? Anything you're excited to see at E3, Mike? I don't know. The truth is, my engagement with my Switch like has declined over the last couple of years. It's become sort of like a secondary. If somebody has the television, like I'll consider using that as my additional console. So your eight or twelve uh, lifetime fans of the podcast might be really disappointed to hear this. Um, but <laughs> Mike, I you just lo- also- you just lost our only five listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll be here back next week. You know what I mean? Like, uh, um, but I think um, some of the things that I'm I'm curious about is 
I, I really want to see um, this, and this is more ethereal because I haven't really following what they're going to be coming out with. Um, I would really love to see something that really deviates from their traditional Nintendo structure. I think you guys will know this better than I will, but I think Splatoon is their last like original content, right? Like like big game original content, right? Before arms. That, sorry, arms. That's right. I always forget but about. I, arms. I would funny. also argue that um, Splatoon was was a huge game, so maybe in some way you're right, Mike. It was their last big AAA. Yeah. Arms wasn't I mean, as big. Let's on a side note. Other than Ring Fit Adventure. Which is also yeah. selling huge, but I think as far as like, I think Rainfield Adventure is great. It's absolutely phenomenal. I would but, love to but see. But I, I would agree. Like um, with Arms, the, Nintendo's made fighting games before. They've made cartoony fighting game, games before. But with Splatoon, it was like you know a third person sh- online shooter. So it definitely was Nintendo's maybe last big deviation into a brand new genre. Yeah, and, and not even genres. More like you know before that, I'm just thinking about like tentpole. Um, properties, right? You've got like before that. I, oh, the only, the only kind of, and you guys will know this better than me. But I always thought it was Pikmin before that was kind of their big separators. Like that's the only other like Nintendo property that I can think of in a long time. And then before that, you clearly have the Pokemon, you know, uh, Mario, Metroid. But a lot of those properties, like even though they get. Nintendo's sort of showing its age in regards, like they're giving it off to other studios who are like picking up the ball and doing a really phenomenal job of it. But I'm really curious. I would love to see Nintendo kind of start a new IP. I'd love to see something that is, yeah. You missed uh, Xenoblade's been pretty new and pretty big. (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. I always thought Xenoblade wasn't uh, wasn't like a Nintendo Nintendo property. I always thought it was part of the kind of long legacy of Xenogears. But that's what, yeah, that's kind of, yeah, I was going to add to that, Mike. Like Xenoblade, even though Xenoblade Chronicles on Wii was like a big kind of now Nintendo property, it is kind of a spiritual sequel to Xenogears and Xenosaga. So it's kind of not that new. Yeah, I, I mean, I just never thought of it as its own property. And, and you know, it's funny that you even say that because then I'd be like, well, Shulks and Smash. It's like, yeah, but so is everybody, right? So it's yeah. like, I, can, I totally didn't even realize that. It's oh, funny. wait, wait, Mike, what about uh, Devil's Third? Devil's <laughs> Third. Because <laughs> Nintendo <laughs> published and, that, right? <laughs> no, you know what? That's true. I mean, like, I, I mean, the last Platinum game that I still think about is not, clearly Nier Automata. It's not Platinum. It's uh, Itagaki. Uh, oh, sorry, Devil's after Third. Got, for whatever after reason, he I thought got you fired were... from Team Ninja for sexual harassment. He. Um... Oh, <laughs> I, I thought you. For whatever reason, I thought you were you were talking about uh, the wonderful 101, and I don't remember. I don't know why I was thinking that. Um, but no, I, your you know favorite, what, like, that, your that... favorite Wii U, Wii U exclusive. Yeah, I know. Well, no, but. Um, Anyways, I, I, I guess I agree with you, Mike. It would be interesting to see Nintendo deviate from that. Uh, I think a lot of people have dreamed of maybe them bringing back um, a Mock Rider, like the motorcycle uh, mm-hmm. kind of road rash style game and like making it like a gritty GTA open world slash motorcycle racer. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I mean... It's I gonna, don't think so. Um, my, I, I, it's one of those weird things with Nintendo because it's like on one hand... People want to see something new, but then when they show something new like Arms and Splatoon, everyone just says, well, where's Pikmin and F-Zero? So there's like a, this yeah. weird um, push and pull, I guess, they have between should we make bring back some old classics or should we uh, go and, and give it something brand new? So I guess I'm on the other side of the coin. Uh, I kind of hope they just bring back some of those old franchises. Like I'd love to see, um, you know, obviously F-Zero come back or, or Punch-Out!, 
Um, but F Zero was F Zero was clearly the best of its class. Wouldn't what was that? What was that uh, phrase uh, from the developers on that team? They're like, we couldn't make a better F Zero game. It's the best it could ever I, be. I don't think they a GX is going to be very hard to top. But I would take a GX remaster. <laughs> like I was thinking, <laughs> maybe they should uh, they should use Microsoft's Flight Sim and make a balloon guy game and just float float around the world. <laughs> oh, what a great idea! As a tribute, I could to imagine Iwata. that too. Or even just like a city, you know, like how fun would it be just to float around in a balloon and shoot things? Well, you know what? There was that thing recently where, um, what was it? Uh, what's his name? Phil Spencer did a little live broadcast thing, like a live stream. And um, uh, I think his name is uh, Dave Grubb, or uh, who's like a journalist who's been, who's Jeff, leaked. Jeff Grubb, I think. Jeff Grubb, who's been a very accredited journalist who's like leaked a lot of things. He basically said everything on his shelf meant something, including the Switch. So Phil Spencer, who in previous uh, live streams didn't have a Switch on his shelf, now did have a Switch on his shelf. So people are now wildly speculating what that what that Switch could mean. You Master Chief in Smash, could it be Game Pass on Switch? So maybe it is. It's, it's uh, Gears Balloon. of War Five. Gears of War Five is being ported to the Switch. Oh yeah, totally. Um, I don't know. I mean, anyways, I guess for me with E three. I guess Derek and I have talked about it in a previous episode. There's been rumors that Nintendo's expecting to have a breakthrough year, 250 million uh, software sales, which would be a record. Their record right now is 204 million, which was just last year, uh, 2020, with Animal Crossing. So mm-hmm. if they are expecting to have this massive year and potentially release a new Switch 4K, they have to have this major slate of games. So. Um, is it a new 3D Mario? Is it a new 3D Kirby? Who knows, right? But um, I guess for me, it's just gimme, gimme, gimme. Um, Derek, what would you like to see or hope, hopes and dreams from Nintendo at E3? Um, besides for the obvious, like Breath of the Wild 2 or whatever, um, honestly, I, I kind of am the same with Mike. I, I like to see a, a new a new IP, something a little bit different. I, I feel like they, they're... Nintendo, like, I mean, they sell, so I can't really criticize them for it, but they just play safe, I find. They're, you know, they just play the same same eight to ten franchises. And again, I'll buy them every time because they're always good and fun, but I'd love to see something new or something outside the box because um, I find that that's also happening a bit with Sony. Um, and I guess even to the, an extent, even though they have no exclusive, is Microsoft. But they all just kind of play, every exclusive that all three companies have are just you know, sequels or just the kind of an iteration on the games they've already had. And that's why I think a lot of people are turning to these indie games is because, you know, they're not perfect and, you know, they don't have three different gameplays well designed, like Peter said, <laughs> but they they are attempting to try something new, whether it's a new story or a new gameplay style or a new graphic style. They're kind of pushing the envelope and and I like to see those. So in a way, I'm almost looking forward to the the really standout indies at E3. As weird as that sounds to say, interesting. Mm, no, it doesn't yeah. sound weird to me at all. I think, and I'm, I'm not shocked about that sentiment. I think like think about Pokemon. Like it has such a dis, like distinguished formula, and in all iterations of this game, like within their core franchise, they have never really deviated. Not not a, in, in excluding the leap to 3D, the deviation of the formula has been minimal at best, right? Yeah. And I remember, do you remember the days of like, I, th- I can't remember if it's Pokemon Black and White or if it's the one just before that, but I think it's uh, it's I think it's Black and White where everybody wants to stop people from fighting Pokemon because they believe it's like you know like fighting animals, it's horrible. Yeah. And you know, team whoever wants to just like. They want to rid the world of Pokemon fighting because they think it's like animal cruelty. And then it was just like, ha, ha, ha. But only, but actually, we are actually not doing that. And it's like, oh, but that was such a cool idea for a theme. And like, 
really on the nose. It could have been really great. Like, I, I totally understand it's a game designed for children and then clearly, you know, our 30 plus uh, audience that is like desperate to grind <laughs> for four, 800 hours. Oh, come on. But like, or train their EVs up to like infinity. Mike's just um, but, but I mean, fans here. <laughs> but I mean, the, tr- the truth is, I think that like, um, I think they could do such a solid job of deviating from those formulas. And Peter said this before in the past, but like Kirby's sort of their paintbrush for this, where often Kirby takes that, takes the opportunity to try something completely brand new. But because there's no like staple there, they fall back to you know, what they've, or what's already been tried and true for them. And I think that's like slightly depressing in your end. I think it's, that's, yeah, I agree with you, yeah. Derek. I mean, but it also comes to the point where, I mean, would you have considered something like Metroid Prime when it came up for GameCube new? I mean, it's based on an old property. It's based on an, an established franchise, but it's also doing completely uh, oh, I, brand new things. I would consider that being completely brand new, but I wouldn't consider something like Super Mario Maker, even something that, I mean, that one's a little bit it's, different, but I mean, pretty new yeah but i mean you know splatoon 3 and splatoon 3 or splatoon 2 and splatoon 3 or uh metric prime 4 or even if there's a pikmin 4 or uh i i'm thinking of you you know donkey kong games super smash bros like again i I love i love all those games it's not a crit or zelda there's no criticism to any of those games fire emblem no criticism to any of those games but where is that game? You know, Nintendo always makes these brand new systems that are kind of these out there systems. They've done it multiple mm-hmm. times in a row now, but they just don't really do that with their games. But like, I, where... I, I would argue that something like um, Breath of the Wild was kind of a brand new out there system for them. It was basically them tackling the open world genre, which they had essentially never done. And then they also did Red uh, Dead Chronicles did. X. Um, I, that was an open world game. I also internally. think some Zelda. I also think some Zelda games are sort of open world. Sure, they didn't have the same scope because they didn't have the same power. But I would say Twilight Princess is as open world as you could probably get on the Wii. Mm-hmm. Maybe I mean I, I, I. But I guess at the end of the day, what does it matter if if something like Breath of the Wild didn't have the Zelda property attached? People would have seen that as a new franchise, and we all know that if these big publishers are going to release a tentpole hundred million dollar game over the holidays with a huge development backing they're gonna almost need to attach it to an established franchise so oh, that, I guess, that's not really that's totally not I, debatable. But, I totally but, agree with you. and i also want to say the opposite peter if you didn't put zelda on that on that um breath of the wild it wouldn't sell like maybe that's agreeing with you but I don't think it's anything new. It's not a new Zelda. I mean, like, it's the same open world idea. Like, I'm looking for a brand new IP, a new idea. Okay, like, so you're looking something... for a new, completely new IP. Because, like, for me... Actually, sorry, I don't even care about a new IP. I just care about a new idea. Like, I'll give you a crazy out there example. Donkey Kong Jungle Beat. Loved you know, it. like loved it. I-, I loved it, but Donkey Kong, you know, it's a 2D side-scrolling platforming game, and all of a sudden they have these weird... Again, that one's kind of a side-scrolling platforming game anyways, but at least it had the bongos, you know? But uh, I just... Um, but I mean... I, 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 I want to see something... Nintendo thrives on their, their creativity, but their their games are just kind of reiterations, always. But like, they play I it guess, safe for their I, games. I guess for me, I guess the for me to expect something new from Nintendo would be something like a, a brand new take on a 3D platformer that's starring Donkey Kong or Kirby. Or a brand new take on, uh, you know, a, a Battle Royale, which is Pikmin and every single character is a different color Pikmin. Or, you know, something like that where it's an established franchise 
but it's doing something completely brand new with it. Or you know what I mean? Yeah, I would think I th that idea you just thought of is, would be so awesome in a brand new idea. If they made a Pikmin mobile, uh, like a battle royale, that would be an awesome idea. Brand new. That'd but be I, cool. I also think you know it's it, we shouldn't discredit them because um, <laughs> you know late there was Labo, um, there was Ring Fit Adventure. Um, they, there was arms. So it's like they are, it's not like, it's not really, I think it's a bit disingenuous to say they just rehash the same games over and over again. I mean, it's not, it's not Ubisoft, you know? No, so, I, it's yeah, funny. I, 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 just, I was going to throw something in about Ubisoft because, uh, you know, before they, um, had huge sexual harassment cases against them and, um, all of their, uh, you know, a lot of people have slightly disappeared without any consequence. Um, Ubisoft did a, um, a, a an E3 a few years ago where they launched like 20 new I e IPs. And I was like, there was like, there was, um, what was that? It's open like a world, snowboarding game. game. Oh yeah. Oh, there was yeah. that. That was wacky. And there's like a whole bunch of, it was like, it was almost like just a ton of things to be thrown out into the world. And most of them were terrible or most of them didn't make anything out of them. But I really appreciated the shot that was given. Cause the truth is inevitably, like your main properties, as much as they have like a strong, like backing behind them, right? You know, your Zeldas, your Kirby's. I mean, mm -hmm. I feel more right now. It's mostly, it's mostly like their Mario's, their Zelda's. You have this challenge, which is we can't scare away our audience by doing something new because they're so rabid. Like mm -hmm. the Nintendo fan base, like is ready for blood when you don't do anything, right? <laughs> Oh, it's yeah. like really, and, and it's dangerous, right? Like as a game company, because, or, you know, or as a movie company or as any company when you're like, well, we want to like break free of these challenges, hence Pokemon being the same all the time. And, you know, there's side games that you could just sort of play with. But I think about how, when you want to launch new IP, just like everything else, it's always dangerous, but you have to, as a bigger company, you need that like new blood because in five or six years from now, people aren't going to buy Mario U again for the fifth time, right? But, like they're but, not going to buy Mario Kart 8, like HD 4K again. I no, will. but they're not going to, they Mike. won't buy Mario Kart, me too, but they won't buy I Mario know. Kart 8 again, but they will buy Mario Kart 9 and Mario Kart 10 and Mario Kart. Oh, like, agreed. Yeah. And I totally think the same thing about Party. Like I think the latest Mario Party was a total shit show, but I would have loved the highest a, selling like, Mario really Party. good heart. It's just too bad. You know what though? You know, high selling or not, it's just like it's it's just like not as it's just not as delightful from my perspective. But like, do you remember when they decided that everybody should play Mario Party in the same car? I think it was Mario Party Eight and, and uh, nine, nine and, 10. and ten. Awful. I already commented. Yeah. On, I commented on that a couple of episodes ago. Terrible game. Yeah. Oh, it, ru it ruined it ruined Mario Party for me. But Mike, what is the best part about Mario Party? Playing autonomously with friends. Now let's I, remove all of that and streamline it. I, I and, do think they're going to bring yeah. a new Mario Party up this year. But Mike, to what you're saying, I definitely agree. And I think that that's why things like um, Splatoon have been so mega, so mega great because now they just got mm -hmm. this new AAA mega selling franchise. And same, you know, on Sony Camp, they've got things like The Last of Us, uh, which yeah, are exactly. which are big. So I, I definitely agree that uh, new IP is definitely powerful. I, I would love to see something new. Um, but I, I guess for me, I guess the fanboy in me says I would also love to see just a yeah, new I, new idea, but with a property that I, I'm fond of. Even if oh, they did you, like a you new, can have both, I think. But yeah, not like, even should have. Both. Imagine a new take on the like a new take on, a, on an RPG that's a claymated Earthbound or a shmup be, smile Star Fox. Like, there's so many different but, ideas they could with their working IP, you know. But to be totally honest, I don't even. I mean, as much as I want those things, at the end of the day, I will take the same exact thing 
reiterated. You know what I mean? Like even if oh, Breath I know Wild, you would. I know both if, of like, you would. You like, sick. Exactly. <laughs> like Pikmin Four, if it's the same exact collect game, you know, with different colored Pikmin, day one. If it was uh, a new Donkey Kong side-scrolling <laughs> game, day one. If it was a Mario game, day one. If it was a Zelda game, no matter what it is, day like. But yeah. Nintendo has that effect. So like, as much as I want new IP and new, and I, I am the one promoting new IPs and new game styles. I will also be super excited for any of the the old games. Like, I would love a new Fire Emblem to be announced. That would be awesome. There's rumors, you know, like, there's rumors of remakes of um, the Wii and GameCube ones. You hear about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, I, I would say you guys are being hard on Nintendo, but at the same time, what? what? <laughs> I'm being hard on Nintendo. I just, said, are... I, I just said I would buy I know, any game as, as far as saying they release the same thing over and over again, I mean, what what exactly is Sony doing or Microsoft doing? Sure, they're releasing maybe a new named IP, but they're still your third-person shooter or your first-person shooter. Oh, it's a first-person shooter with like a, a sticky, a new sticky type of grenade. Like it's like... It's the same no, yeah, kind of thing yeah. where Nintendo, at least with something like Mario Odyssey, sure it's Mario, sure it's a 3D collecting moons Mario, but the hat mechanic is newer than anything I've seen in any first-person shooter from Microsoft in, in 10 years. So, <laughs> well, my, my, <laughs> Microsoft, yeah, but I'll give you a few... <laughs> <laughs> I just mean, I'm just saying Nintendo, Nintendo's so, innovation is, I is love within. how quick you come to Nintendo's defense when they're, nobody they're, was criticizing them. But you guys, are, so you guys are saying that they they release the same thing no, over and over again. I'll, oh, just that we play examples. it safe and I would love to see new yeah, IP, but, that's all. And Derek was saying, I'm so happy about indies and I'd buy every game they've released anyway, day one. <laughs> so, so, but Peter, some examples are like uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Or even Spider-Man are, you know, Spider-Man, whatever. But Brand new think, IP, Spider-Man. <laughs> no, but <laughs> brand new to the the, the, the the Sony ecosystem, right? And um, if you look at, you know, Nintendo, what, do they, what have they brought recently, you know? Well, I guess, I guess my only point was that Nintendo's uh, innovation seems to be within their established IP. And I just don't think it's as big of innovation as you think it is. Well, yeah. Maybe. And I, again, I, and I think, I think, I, honestly, Sony and Microsoft are, should be held accountable for this too. I think all three of them, and again, this has to do with the big budget of gaming. You know, when you're putting hundreds of millions of dollars in, you have to guarantee it sells. So you play yeah. safe. Yeah. But and that's again, I think that's why. And I'm not actually complaining because I think that's why we have this kind of indie renaissance Agreed. because indie games are selling and now they're on every platform and they're on handhelds and they're on PC and they're, and they're selling like crazy. And these small teams of one to three people, I talked about Valheim a couple episodes ago, ago. I don't know if you played that game, Mike, but Valheim on steam is, was five guys. It's already sold, I think six or 7 million copies in two months. Mm -hmm. So, you know, these games can have huge success with small teams and they're well-made games. So I, I think if you want, again, I, I'm not really complaining. I, I always like the new uh, ideas that Nintendo has, but if they play it safe, that's fine because it allows the indie games to also sell well. And I kind of like having a bit of both, you know? Yeah, that's a good point that as as budgets have gone up and um, you you need to guarantee success. It's the same thing with movies, right? Where we're seeing all oh, these yeah. reboots and remakes and big studios are afraid to make a big budget new ip because of it did not guarantee its success um but anyways that's a good segue into our next topic what's not a good segue but i'm you know anyways um we originally were going to talk about uh you know kind of a non-nintendo topic 
Mike, I know you're kind of an Xbox guy now, and Derek, you've kind of gravitated towards PlayStation. We all know where I stand uh, on the Nintendo <laughs> camp here. <laughs> but um, I've always, I've always, I mean, all of us have dabbled. With, we're all multiple system owners. Um, so I, I think it's a, a fun time to talk about this kind of brand new console war that's been waging or, you know, soft console war. I, I, I don't know how much of a war it is, but, um, you know, PS5 is obviously out. The Xbox Series X and S is obviously out and they're both selling out completely, but they obviously have these differences and there's kind of a, who, which one's better. Um, Derek, why don't you start us off? Tell us what you think about the kind of the PS5 versus the Xbox series from, from what you've seen and where you think they're both going to go this generation. I think, uh, they're both awesome systems. It depends on who you are as a consumer. I think if you haven't played a lot of games, um, and you're, you're trying to jump in and just play a bunch of fun games. I think Xbox is the, is the system for you um, because again, game Pass is, is probably one of the best besides for, you know, steam having the whole platform. It's one of the best uh, architecture inventions for gaming ever, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you have so many games, so many companies going on there. And I think Microsoft is developing to be a, a strong contender in the next five or 10 years with ex- exclusives. And but I'm being it, realistic with five or 10 years that's because it's a very safe stance, but I mean, let's, when all the dust settles in five, six years from now sales, who do you think will be ahead for sales? Okay. And also uh, who think, do you think will be yeah. ahead for like the gamer uh, collective mindset? Cause we all look back and we, we all know PS4 beat Xbox. We all know 360 and PS3 were pretty tied, but 360 probably pulled ahead. What do you think will be the the winner in our collective minds? I I think without a doubt, PlayStation. And a few reasons is, um, one, a lot of people own uh, computers and all the the Microsoft games are going on the PC as well, right? They're all accessible on on Steam or the Microsoft Store. So you don't necessarily need to buy that Xbox where PlayStation exclusives, I know there are some that are coming out now, um, on the computer, but for the most part, they are on PlayStation. So if you want to play those, you have to buy that PlayStation. And right now, the exclusives are there. They're coming out where, again, I think, you know, you need another five, ten years for Microsoft to really get those that ball rolling with all those new um, acquisitions they've made. So I think in those five or six years, you're going to see, again, I think this generation, PlayStation will win by a landslide, but I don't think it will be as um, huge of a gap as it was in the PS4, Xbox One generation, and I think especially in the US, the gap will be very, very, uh, very tight. What do you What do you say to that, Mike? How do you respond to Derek's? Derek thinks PS5 is going to win. It's not really. It's interesting because I think of it from a software's perspective. Like, I live in like interface design. I live in like a universe of like, how do you build recurring revenue bundles and like really strong offerings? So. The thing that I the thing that I think offhand is, you can't you can't like the Satya Nadella team at Microsoft like Nadella like focuses entire early stage in getting um, all of their offerings online. He was their push for cloud service, and whenever they make new acquisitions, they're very specifically they're very well tied in. I think when they buy Discord, which I think is going to happen. I think that's going to really, uh, it's going to really change the game because you have to think about, you have to think about something separate outside of gaming, which is Microsoft has the number one recurring revenue bundle on the planet, Office. No, are we, I saw on. are we talking about Microsoft versus Sony? Are we talking about PlayStation versus Xbox? Because I'm, 
I, I'm taking I'm taking a step back because like the thing is this the, the way that what I'm trying to describe is I think the way that the way that Xbox is approaching this is very different than the way that Sony is because Absolutely. and they're very long plays. So for instance, okay, when you think about like you could easily talk about like the Bethesda um, acquisition as like a really good idea, but I think when you take a step back and you look at the way that they're integrating into cloud-based software for streaming on phones making sure that they play well cross-console, all of their exclusives, like something like Sea of Thieves, is on Steam, it's on the Microsoft Store, and it's on it's on Xbox, and you can play it with all of those people. They're really working towards opening up that community, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like I, I agree, a community gaming like on online world. Yeah, that and sense. when you link in something like Discord, because obviously they've had challenges with things like Mixer, and they've had challenges with other areas too, but that's actually where I think that I don't see them as failures. I think I see them as tests that like cost them time, but they gave them a lot of a lot of things back. And if you think about this from that perspective of like, if Discord is picked up, and I'm really just parroting here, but if Discord is picked up, they will very likely have the opportunity to get an, a really good new recurring revenue bundle outside of just Game Pass and outside of everything else, which is currently right now. Um, what is it called? Like uh, the Discord Premium version. But if they bake that in to their Game Pass offering, so many people will make that choice. And so there's little tiny bonuses like this that don't necessarily raise console sales like one to one. What it does is it just makes more more Xbox acquisitions. So if I like, let's say you know, like I didn't get the opportunity to grab a PlayStation Five. I was like very very close, but because of the sort of blunder in the beginning of like launching it the day that it was announced, and then all of these like kind of messy extras or for for pre-orders in this case, I didn't get the opportunity to get one. And I was like, kind of disappointed at first, but then I was just like, all of the other things that I do, all of my friends have multiple platforms, and all of them are happy to jump on games that I can play for my Xbox. And so. All of a sudden, the exclusives, despite my interest in exclusives, because I think like Sony has incredible exclusives, they're starting to dwindle. Because right now, especially inside, when I live inside all day in COVID, I want to play with my friends. And though you can play tons of really great Sony games with your friends, it's so much easier to integrate. Like, I don't have to go, wait, which version do you have? I can play on any console with most people. And I think that's yeah. sort of their long game. I think we and can so all agree hard, as yeah. far as far as the uh, like the hardware goes and they're and they're backwards compatible and like the services, the unified services. Yeah. I mean, I think Xbox is absolutely crushing Nintendo and PlayStation. Yeah, their and architecture, yeah. It's it's phenomenal. Yeah, exactly. It's as a phenomenal. platform, I think they're doing super well. And so I don't really know if it's um in you, you made the you made the mention about movies previously, Peter, which I think is interesting because when when box office sales are produced as soon as Netflix started producing like Netflix movies, they, I think there was this whole conversation about how they stopped, they stopped showing off what their box office sales were because they believe that even if their movies don't do well in an opening weekend or whatever, they stay in syndication eternally. So they always get value out of them. So there's like, it's weird to compare these things directly. Cause like, even if, even if Xbox doesn't sell as many like one X's or sorry, one X series X's or series S's or whatever their future upgrades are, they're slowly but surely siphoning people to over by like little tiny upgrades by that, whether you're on a phone or whether you're on like, whether you're on a PC. And I think that's the, I think that's like the area that's encroaching on Sony's territory. So I'm really curious to see how it'll turn out because 
I feel like, and this is just my opinion, I just feel like um, a lot of Japanese uh, consoles or Japanese like games on their end, they really kind of forget about these things. They focus, they tunnel vision very closely, like to their core offerings. But I think they forget that like there's so many other little things that they have to catch up on. And that's why the online offerings may not be as strong or may not mm-hmm. be as integrated. And that kind of breaks my heart. Like Sony's I, I, not a great uh, like software producer, but it's a great hardware producer. And I want to see those things kind of mirror. I do wonder if, you know, we're talking long game here because you're right. Like the, the Game Pass is going to, and the Xbox kind of integrated service is going to last beyond the Series X. It'll be the Series Y and the, you yeah. know, Xbox Box 720, 720X, whatever. Yes. But yeah, it, yeah. is it is it something that Sony is going to be left behind on, like, or is it something that can Sony, like I suppose Nintendo has, kind of rest on their laurels and their development pool and their franchises and their brand name and and still, still kind of keep keep going? Like, it, will Sony find a way to do what Microsoft is doing, or are they going to kind of keep drumming their own beat? It seems like right now, it's Sony's game to lose, and it's, but at the same time. Sony also feels like, even though they're winning in, in market share, mind share, and sales, it kind of feels like they're still they're still catching up to Microsoft in a weird way. Um, so I do wonder if if Sony will get left behind with that uh, kind of strong unified architecture, and you know, with obviously Xbox's strong exclusive developers, we're gonna see we're gonna see some major games, you know, Elder Scrolls and all the Bethesda stuff. Um, like, what do you think? Do you think in the long game we're gonna see Xbox? Take take the mar- the market share and the mind share from PlayStation, or I mean maybe not Xbox, but Game Pass and Microsoft's yeah. unified architecture. I think I think you're right there. I think it's at the Game Pass level, and and I think it's at like the that software level wherever you can integrate or have additional touch points. And this is just my opinion here, but with Sony has like a really unpleasant reputation when it comes to moving on they sort of leave the, you know they 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 do their best to keep um servicing for their previous consoles but of, often like you know with the sort of mini debacle here about like shutting down ps3 and vita games um like there's like this kind of awkwardness in going like oh yeah wait those are the same guys that like were hacked multiple times and also they had all these problems and when xbox was like hey we'll happily or microsoft was like we'll happily integrate online more online games together with you sony they're like no we don't trust you mm-hmm. they're like these weird like they're these for me they're these sort of standout moments which is just like we want to play on our own and but i can't necessarily trust that sony will do so and i've had bad bad experiences with like their return policies before they before they actually started to offer a real return policy and just like and just moments where I'd purchase something and like, you know, you'd have like bizarre credits. Like maybe I paid too much, like press the accept button twice. And then I have to argue with a, like uh, a PlayStation rep for three hours to get $8 back. And that, the thing is that never happens with Microsoft. I mean, right? it is worth mentioning though, that a generation ago when Xbox one and PS4 were unveiled, we'd almost be having the exact opposite conversation where Xbox one was the one restricting you know, sharing games and backwards compatibility. And, and, That's and good point. so it's like it really anything could really happen. I mean, there's rumors that PlayStation are going to announce their own model of Game Pass. Um, and well, they already have PlayStation now. But I mean, some sort of, yeah, PlayStation now. And I think there's also PlayStation Plus collection or something. Um, mm-hmm. But I think ultimately, like it always has, it always comes down to the games. Um, and it really comes out like, you know, if Microsoft comes out in like the new you know the new rare game or the new bethesda game 
is so incredibly killer and mind blowing. Like like you know a new GTA three or a new Breath of the Wild or a new Halo. Um, it really does come down to the games in the end of the day. I think uh, it doesn't. You know services, controllers, uh, prices. It seems to always fall on the games. Um, so it's really very. It really is hard to predict. I mean, this, with this generation, obviously Microsoft has so much power behind them, and they bought so many strong developers, rumored to buy more. Uh, I think we're just kind of as far as the collective mindshare of gamers of who wins this generation. I think it's very it's a coin toss between the two because it's going to be who has those big 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 games and and first and who gets the mindshare. And right now, Sony's got a lot of exclusives. They've had they had way better launches in terms of exclusives. They've got a way better slate of exclusives this year. But then again, we've got you know Halo Infinite and Starfield perhaps coming out this year. And I've got to say. As strong as Sony's been for their exclusive announcements, not a single one has really made my jaw drop. Um, so I guess we've we've yet to see that big major exclusive on either side this generation so far. But I really think it comes down to to who has that who who has those better exclusives. Who, where who, who wins? Let's say the collective gamer mind share. I'm curious about your thoughts, Derek, because like, what do you think, like after, after I like took a 180 and went a different direction, what do you think about, um, how do you think Sony will respond or more specifically, what do you think like the outcomes will be? Not necessarily the outcomes of this back and yeah. forth, but how do you think, like, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I, I, I like that you brought up the idea of like, you know, acquiring Discord and just kind of the, the touch points of Microsoft kind of, you know, it's not just about the games or kind of they're building something much bigger than that it's it's a bigger mm-hmm. scope um and i and i agree and I, I agree with peter that i think uh microsoft has this kind of upswing and this momentum um that's carrying them and i think it can become you know like a tidal wave and really take over um and i think sony is right now kind of either not showing us or kind of resting on their heels and or maybe they're kind of caught off guard by how popular game Pass is and how they're kind of trying to play catch up or figure out how they can you know turn the table um but i I don't want to overlook you know when i think about xbox and exclusives i think of halo and gears of war and maybe Mm -hmm. forza and those games sell but then when i think about playstation you know you have these games that are selling 20 to 30 million and that's no small amount of of money that that's or income that's coming into uh or profit which sony exclusive has sold 20 million plus I, I don't think they really. I think they they haven't actually cracked twenty million on a Sony. Exclusive. Oh, I, I thought I just assumed like God of War and, and The Last of Us. 2 I think would... they're up there in the tens to fifteen millions, but I don't think they've got twenty to thirty. That, that's Nintendo territory we're talking. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I sorry, I, I don't mean I don't. Spider Man. I think Spider Man's around eighteen million. Um, but I, I don't mean to to cut you off. I, I get. I yeah. see. I see your point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Maybe not the numbers I, I said, but still these these huge selling games that um, we can't just overlook. And, you know, as much as you say Game Pass, let's say, is is enticing and it's bringing in, in profits for Microsoft, it's not like people aren't buying PlayStation Plus. Maybe not in the same... I mean, every person... Oh, it, owns- I think it was one of their largest... I think it's one of the largest recurring revenue bundles yeah. ever. Yeah, it, yeah. It's incredibly profitable for them, for sure. Yeah, so, I, and I, I mean... Um, I, again, I, I think Microsoft has that upswing, and I, I think it will be a close race. Um, and I think PlayStation is, or Sony is, a little bit caught off guard about how popular or how much um, power Xbox is kind of acquiring, um, both through their their uh, design strategies for their architecture, as well as literally acquiring um, 
new developers or new companies like Bethesda Mm -hmm. and and the drove of games that they bring. Um, So I think Sony is going to be looking to acquire companies or, or is going to be looking to kind of change up their ecosystem. It's just whether the PlayStation five is going to be, um, they're going to be able to do it in time to kind of stop that that pushing force of I Microsoft. I mean, Sony bought Insomniac, and we've seen them kind of getting tight with uh, with Square Blue Enix and Bluepoint Games. Bluepoint Games, but they're more of a remake, smaller remake developer. But we've seen Sony also kind of get close with Square Enix. I mean, they've always been close, but Final Fantasy 16 is going to be exclusive. That new, I uh, can't remember the name of it. They showed it recently. That other Square Enix game is going to be a PS5, uh, at least console exclusive at first. Um, but I think we can all agree that this is probably the best generation for games because couldn't agree more. All I think all three consoles are enticing enough that I want to own. I want to own all three, and that's the first generation ever where I, I truly like. I, I would not want to give up my Switch for an Xbox. I wouldn't want to give up my PlayStation for an Xbox. But I wouldn't not. I wouldn't want to skip out on the Xbox either. I you know, like I, I, I think all three are going to bring so much, especially by the, the, the last couple of years of the generation. It's like, how could I possibly miss on any of them? Agreed. I, this is definitely the first generation where I felt very compelled to have all three. And I mean, to be honest, I'd buy a PS5 today if I could. And I would have all three. So yeah, I'd buy an um, Xbox probably in a year or two. Exactly. Um, so that, I think it's that's funny, really interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm very, and this is just, I guess this is just personal, but in the beginning, the hype really caught me. And I was like, oh man, got to get a PS5. But now I'm not as enticed, and and for, I don't know what the actual reason is, but what I'm what I'm noticing is my intrigue surrounding like uh, surrounding like PlayStation Five exclusives is not as high, and I think it, for the very first time, I think the biggest reason is because all of my friends are linked into my my commu- my community of gaming friends are all on either a PC or an Xbox, and even the, and a lot of them have multiple consoles. So, but I'm I'm finding myself like not as enticed to buy a new PlayStation, but also I just think it's un unpl- un- like so unpleasant to look at as <laughs> the a actual is the design. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. What the, you, did the, Derek has one? Like, what do you like the design of the PS5, Derek? I like it. It looks cool. I mean, it. it I have it standing up. It is big and tall. It's huge. I mean, it, it, I, I think the slim will look way better, but I mean, it, yeah, it's fine. It's likely when but, I'll get into the into the, the ecosystem. The Xbox Series X. I gotta say, so I know the Xbox Series X is maybe the sexiest console design I've ever seen. Maybe since the Wii. The Wii was very sexy. But or, the, or the GameCube. But the Xbox Series X is beautiful. <laughs> but the, the one thing I want to say, Mike, is that you keep, and it's a fair point, is you keep bringing up this idea of like, all my friends are on this system, all my that's friends. Right. And that's awesome when you're playing online multiplayer games. You know, you're playing the Call of Duties, Battlefield. You're playing the, uh, I don't know, racing games or Halo. You're playing those yeah. online games. But for the single player games, what does Xbox have, right? I don't need oh, my yeah. friends. I don't. I don't need my friends. So when I think about single player games, which is I, I'm, I rarely play online. Like I just I don't play mm-hmm. first person shooters. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't play online games. I, I play you know those story driven single player games, and that's where I, I think Nintendo does pretty good, and I think PlayStation really really shines. So oh, that's I think kind that PlayStation of, super shines there. Yeah, I so mean, that's where I that's where I, I where I lean. Right, I'm just not one of those. I, I don't need my friends to be online with me because. Frankly, I don't have that many friends that play games at my age anymore. They just I, I don't have that f- many friends, period. <laughs> no, no don't worry, you, ha- you have at least one here. I've got two friends, hopefully a listener or two. But, you know, it's funny. Uh, I totally agree. Like, if I buy a PS5, I probably won't get, go, don't get the online service. I'll probably only get one controller, and I'll be there just for the single-player exclusives. And to be honest, the, the thing I'm most excited for on PS5 
is The Last of Us 2 getting a 60 frames update. <laughs> but um, that's <laughs> still very, very exciting to me because I'm literally waiting to replay that. Um, but it's, yeah, funny, I, it's funny because my, my opinion here, let's like go back to what Derek was saying. The thing is, you're totally right about like not playing online games. I don't even consider myself as much of an online gamer. But Game Pass just brought like the entire Yakuza series to it, right? All mm-hmm. six editions, plus they had the exclusive Yakuza 7, uh, like a drag, which is brilliant, by the way. Absolutely wonderful. Um, but the thing is, they're starting to start siphon out what used to be these old exclusives on other consoles, yeah. right? And I have a feeling that like there's like their Bethesda acquisition, we're going to start to see sort of what was a traditionally like a Sega exclusive or a Sega game, you know, that was strictly on PlayStation. I think we're going to start to see those start coming in. The amount of like role playing games that are starting to sneak up on to Game Pass is actually like was was slightly shocking to me. Oh yeah, tons of Final Fantasies. You got um, yeah, all the Final Fantasies are there. Yeah, and, yeah, I th- and like I think those things are starting to pop up. So I think I think back to the I think the thing is like I always considered a PlayStation like my you know my solo gaming console, and I've always loved it for that. Like you know I, I you said you weren't a big Persona fan, but like Persona was, uh, Persona I really enjoyed. It, like I talked about 13, 13 Sentinels. I have so many games that I played like exclusively on my on my PlayStation Four, and I was like so thrilled to have it last generation. I made that jump. I'm still not a hundred percent as to why I made that jump, but like, it was it was such an it, like I and, and and or why I'm not interested in making the leap over to PS5 even if I had the chance. I'm just not sure why. It's weird. It, it, I, it, I think it, about this out loud, honestly. To, to me, <laughs> it, it really takes that kind of one game. Uh, I remember I bought a PS3 for Metal Gear Solid Three, um, and it just it really just depends on that one big game. I don't know if we've seen Sony's one big game yet, but Things like Returnal really look great, and Deathloop really look great, and same with Ratchet <laughs> looks good. So it's a wait and see. But um, and also with Microsoft, Derek, I mean, you mentioned they don't have the single player exclusives. I mean, just wait. They've got, they've got a ton of games. Oh, that's, that's what I mean. I think, especially with you know acquiring Zenimax, they will. Like Arkane Studios are mm-hmm. some of my favorite single player games ever. So I, I'm excited for whatever they're going to bring after uh, Deathloop. Yeah, I honestly um, hope they do. Uh, I hope they do fe- another. Uh, I was gonna say fear. That's not what it was. Just on, uh, prey. Prey. Yeah. Yeah. Love to see yeah I love. I love prey on PS4. It was awesome. But certainly, yeah, uh, you know, back to what you were saying, Mike, with Xbox and the Game Pass kind of stealing what we traditionally associate as PlayStation series. Like, look at the MLB, the show. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like you said, Yakuza, uh, things mm-hmm. like Forza, kind of taking away the steam from Gran Turismo. I mean. It's it's kind of like it's Sony's to lose this generation, and I I, I think we can all agree probably the the Sony's Sony is going to lose a little bit of market share to Xbox because they are they seem to be firing on all cylinders compared to where they were last generation, and and same with same with Nintendo. I mean the Switch is a lot better than Wii U, so I I I think as great as PS5 will end up, PS5 will end up losing market share this generation where Xbox and Nintendo are just gaining. And the last thing I want to say about this whole thing was I there's way in the beginning of the con- this console cycle, um, there's this big conversation um, between like uh, the Verges, Neil Patel, and uh, I think it was Phil Spencer, uh, a handful of people just like talking about what their expectations were for the console generation and backwards compatibility came up and a handful of other things. And the simple answer that like, kind of stuck in my mind here was that like when it comes down to like backwards compatibility was the topic and the, the phrase was like well what do you think about this and it's like well 
the idea that Microsoft is going to launch this setup where you can play on any console, whether it was like previous or post or whatever the case is, like they're a software company. They can do that. And that's mm-hmm. the realm where, where I think Sony is behind. And that was why I would hope to see this generation from Sony. Because like, I don't think either of them are out, clearly. I don't think uh, the market share might be a little bit here and there. But I think if Sony wants to make like a really smart decision, they have to figure out a way to be smarter on like the integrations, which other huge companies are. And I think if they were to do some acquisitions, rather than acquiring another game company, I would acquire a company that like understands things like architecture way Emula- better. And emulation. Game. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think um, if there's one thing I hope Sony takes out of from Microsoft, it's they come out with a strong backwards compatible setup with that you can play PlayStation games, PS2 games, PS3 games with some sort of upgrades that Xbox has. I mean, that would be so awesome because obviously there's a lot of nostalgia tied to those older systems that uh, they don't seem to care about. Um, And and to Derek's point, like they have such phenomenal exclusives. mm -hmm. Why not enhance them and keep people back in? If, if you if Microsoft can't steal The Last of Us, you know the the you know PlayStation Three era, like why not? Res- I know that I know they're technically redoing it right now, but why not build a, a structure where all of those phenomenal like PS Three and PS Two games and PS Four games that are exclusive are just easy to play here? Like why aren't they always like PlayStation Now or whatever the service they build? It should just be like every console exclusive that we've ever had is here. Do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. That would be an easy switch for me. I'd be like, yeah. oh, damn. Okay. And I mean, but, I mean we, we could say the same thing about Nintendo. I think it's just a different... I mean, I don't know what Sony's going to do, but I think Nintendo has kind of drawn their line in the sand and saying we're not going to do that model. You know, yeah, or, I, I, so well, I know. I was just going to say, I think Nintendo's... Off. Yeah, they're, but they're, I think they're very clearly saying, no, we're just going to keep selling, reselling our old games and not just make them... They're not going to do what Microsoft's doing. No. But I think, you know, in 10 years... Nintendo will actually go back in that because subscription services are just the thing now, right? They're taking over. So I just, I couldn't, I think Nintendo will eventually change, but you know, they have a very different model. So I don't, you don't necessarily have to do that. The one thing I do wonder about though, is that Microsoft is a very, they're, they're a very smart software based company. And I don't know if these Japanese companies are the same way. I mean, we've seen for an example, like something like Ninja Gaiden, Tecmo Koei came out and said, well, we've kind of more or less lost the code to the original. And, you know, when something like Konami tried to re-release Silent Hill uh, 2 and 3 remastered, they were but- they were butchered remasters. So I don't, I'm not so sure that companies like Nintendo have access to the original code to F-Zero GX and to, you know, I mean, and we know they have, they can emulate their N64 games, but I, I mean... Maybe in the future they'll find an emulation solution, but I'm not so sure that Nintendo ever will do that. Um, I think they have their their classic staples like their NES, SNES games, and even N64. But I don't actually think I don't know if we ever will see like DS, 3DS, or GameCube emulated in future generations. I think they might just be lost as relics in time. You know wait, what I mean? You don't think DS and 3DS and GameCube games will be emulated? They have literally all been emulated already. By Nintendo, though. I, I think, if anything, if Nintendo's oh, yeah. going to bring back okay. like a bring back like a GameCube, a beloved GameCube game, they'll, you know, slap it into widescreen and sell for full price. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Agreed. Yeah, that, oh. That's the N- Nintendo way. And you will buy every, you'll I mean, buy every single one of them. Eventually, yeah, day one. I'm going to have to go and just cave <laughs> and buy a GameCube again and buy FCO GX because I have no way to play it. Um, but anyways, we're we're a little short on time, so um, 
get to our last segment here. It's the, uh, I was going to do what have you been playing, but I think this week we'll do something a little different and oh, we'll say, okay. well, we can do it too, but I was going to say, what do you, <laughs> what's the next game you guys are going to, going to buy and like, wh- why, wh- are, what are you looking forward to about it? And Mike, why don't you let us know, is there something on the radar that's not released yet that's coming out that you're excited about? You know, I'm going to pass this on to Derek. I have to think about this one. Okay, I knew yeah, I'd catch so up. So I'm going to, I want to do what, what are you playing too? Because I, I always okay, like Okay, do that. both, do both. Uh, Okay, so on, <laughs> on, I'm gonna do fucking both. <laughs> Love that. Okay, so on the horizon, uh, April 30th, Pokemon Snap. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking forward to that. I I think it's it's the best looking Pokemon game ever. And to be honest, I, I yeah, and I don't really like the 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 gameplay of Pokemon anymore. So I don't really care about the franchise. But I like the actual IP, if that makes sense. Like, I don't like. And the I love game. the monsters. Yeah, that's what I mean. They're I don't like. So the, cool. I don't like the core gameplay of the of the the mainline. Just games. grind for eight or twelve hundred hours. Yeah, yeah. Course, but, that, the, it looks amazing. I I'm getting looks, it day yeah. one too. Yeah, I already day one. And uh, and then after that, uh, I know Resident Evil Eight comes out early in May, and then Ratchet and Clank comes out. I'm gonna Returnal looks really cool, but I think I'm gonna wait for a, a price drop. Mm-hmm. And as far as what's I've been playing, um. The same as I've mentioned other episodes, but the new game I've been playing is uh, Bug Fables. I, I got it a, a while ago uh, on the mm. Nintendo Switch. It's an indie game. It's it's like Paper Mario, but bugs. And yeah. I finally had more time to get into it. It is freaking so good. It is There's so much more to it than I thought there was. There's like secret islands and dungeons and bosses. And there's side quests and the story's funny. It's like, it really is uh, the best Paper Mario since Paper Mario at the Thousand Year Door. Can I ask you um, a question, Derek? Yeah. Um, so my, my big issue with Paper Mario, the original two, the good ones, was that they were so incredibly easy. Uh, your HP only got up to 30. You never really had to level up. It, there was no strategy involved. Like, it, does it, does it, is it easy? In bugs, so at the very beginning of the game, you can get something called a hard metal and you equip it and the whole game becomes harder. And I've, and what's cool is if you beat bosses with it, you get extra badges or whatever. And, um, so I've been playing it with the whole time and, it, some of the bosses take me a few tra- tries and there's areas where you go and you're like, oh my God, I'm getting killed and murdered and you have to play really smart. It, in every fight, like the game is not easy. Like I, I'm not kidding. The like, game is not easy. I wouldn't say it's, you know, Dark Souls, but it's much harder than, you know, Paper Mario, especially with the hard mode, the hard metal. I, I really recommend playing it with the hard metal though. It's yeah, like, it's I'm a really, it. it's really, really good. I'm buying it. How much, was so, it? How much it, did it cost? I can't remember. You have to check. It's it's worth it. It's a really really good game. It's way longer than you think, in, in a good sense. It, and um, there's just so much more to it than you think. Good like, writing just, as well. Good music writing. Same same kind of silly humorous writing as Paper Mario. Maybe not as funny as Paper Mario because they they just have some really good jokes. But it's still very funny. Great graphics. Very smooth. Like gameplay works well. Like creative. I, I couldn't rave about the game more. Like if you're looking for a Paper Mario experience. You grab Bug Fables. I might, I might grab that. Yeah. Um, Fables Mike, sounds I'll, lovely. I'll give you a little more time here, Mike, because um, mine, mine, please. My upcoming games are pretty, pretty close to Derek's. Uh, I'm gonna get Pokemon Snap. I think it looks amazing. It also looks like the kind of game I can play with my girlfriend and just kind of like low stress, relaxing game. You know, yeah. um, uh, where you can just play a little bit and have fun with it. Um, I think Resident Evil 8 looks awesome, but I'll probably get that uh, when it drops to $20 two weeks after release. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that's how Capcom rolls. Uh, and what I've been playing, I think we, you guys both know I've been playing It Takes Two. 
Uh, I love that game, Mike. Yeah, I'm gonna so pick good. it up actually. It, it's, I, rec- it's, I recommended it to Peter, and he finally got it. Yeah, I finally got it. I'm about two chapters in. I'm gonna play a little bit more after after our podcast tonight. Uh, it's really great. Um, and uh, yeah, but I mean, for the most part, I gotta say, there's not a lot I'm really that excited about on the horizon, um, other than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, is, is there a release date for that game? Uh, fall. Okay. So uh, yeah, not not too much, Mike. How about you? I I think the sad truth is I'm gonna pick up uh, it takes two. I think that's the my next purchase. But I don't have any any like on the horizon games. Most of the games that I'm like review like curious about like uh, most sorry most games that are coming out this year I haven't really considered. So I was like oh you know if they if there's a couple that will like really blow my mind maybe but um, like I think I think the the games that I have been playing now I've been playing like a few at the same time. I have a bad habit of doing that. Um, 13, 13 Sentinels, I guess, Rem is great. Um, uh, I would say it has a lot of flaws, but I think it's kind of overarching ideas are really great and fun, and I appreciate the exploration and the way that they approach it, um, even if some of the gameplay is kind of dull. Uh, I think for the most part, it's it's worth the, it's worth the push through. Um, I've also been playing... Um, I've also been playing uh, Yakuza Seven. I like. I'm actually savoring it because it's really phenomenal. It's like really lovely. The the it's writing our, is really It's a turn based, right, Mike? Yeah, and that really put me off in the beginning. Um, I like. I've I've moved so far away from classical uh, role playing or like JRPG style like battle systems. Um, and I mean, with the entire rest of the series being a like a brawler, which have been fun and silly and also like janky in their own right. Um, I was kind of disappointed, but after a while, once once I got the hang of it, it's so charming that I don't care. Um, and this it's been sort of like a an aspect of a bunch of games that I absolutely love, where they're like, for instance, like Persona Four when I played it for the Vita. The battle system is boring and painful and like unpleasant, but the the characters are so charming and like the game itself is so thoughtful that it almost like it almost disappears out of my mind. I'm never like, oh yeah, right, that terrible battle system. And the same thing with Dragon uh, Dragon Quest, literally Yakuza like a dragon. Um, there's this there are these beautiful moments where like you know you're gonna go quote unquote change your jobs, your class, and you have to go to like the equivalent of like a job handout location in the city that like allows you to be a construction worker or whatever. And those are your class changes. And to me, they're like so delightful and it's wacky sense of humor. So good. Like I'm, I'm very close to the end of the game and I'm just like slowly beating it while playing other games. Cause I just like, don't want it to end. It's delightful. No, Mike, just cause I'm, I, sorry, I, I'm not sure. Is, is there like a continuity to the Yakuza series? Is it the same character or how does that, how do they, how do they, there is, a, there is a, there is a huge continuity. So from the original all the way through six, they are it's it's like the same character it's a huge overarching story i haven't beaten the uh, i've beaten zero which i would 100 percent recommend to everybody that's what i'm that's what i've kind of scratched the surface on and i thought I, I agree it's like charming as hell yeah it's super charming especially when you get the opportunity to and, and the thing is that most of these games focus on a single single protagonist actually that's not always true but in zero with that mixture of two major protagonists and having each of them is so lovable in their own right even though like one's more of a hard ass and one more of us like a, a lovely like it's just great i think they do a really good job there but i don't really care about getting fought in the street every 10 seconds the thing is though i forget about that all the time because i'll like run into some street punk who wants to start a band and i have to teach him how to play the bass and like that to me is such a delightful aspect 
of like storytelling in games that I just really miss from most other games in general. So yeah, that, that would be it. Like, I think uh, I'm trying to wrangle a bunch of different games. I'm always playing like any any new game that comes out on Game Pass or like indie game that comes out on Game Pass, I check out because I'm always curious. So I've beat a bunch of Metroidvania-like games, um, which are a blast. They're never they're never perfect, but sometimes it's good enough, you know? Yeah, I mean, Derek will have to check it out on the PS5's Game Pass. Oh, wait, he can't. <laughs> That's okay, I'll be playing Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> yeah, well, I, it looks awesome. Well, guys, um, we that's about time for this week. Um, Mike, thanks so much for joining us. You're more than welcome. Um, and to our listeners, if you are out there, if you listen to all of this, thank you. Uh, please leave us a, a message or a comment, and we will answer or talk about it next week. Our, <laughs> we haven't had any comments yet, but uh, we're really <laughs> one, one would be nice. They, we actually had that had that one comment. Remember, Derek? It was someone soliciting for their uh, por- oh, porn yeah, the website. Oh yeah, the bot, right? It was yeah. a bot soliciting a porn website. It was our first comment, and we we celebrated it. Uh, we both signed up for a year year <laughs> for a year subscription. <laughs> they got us. Yeah, they got us. Um, but yeah, Wait, are you telling been, me you guys didn't discuss this on the next episode, like you promised? <laughs> it, we, our our audiences. We don't want to, uh, you know, push away our young audience. Um, oh, I see, I see. Yeah, very. So, uh, yeah, but this has been the uh, Nintendo Bros podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, this is Pete. No, sorry. This is Derek. And this is Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and we're and we're signing out. Thanks yeah. for joining us. Bye bye.